They may sound nuts, so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. That's right. Welcome into It's Just Sports right here on the 12-Ounce Sports Network. It's your home for the best live talk shows and sports broadcasting. You know, you can catch our show and all the others on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, but now you can also watch live on Zingo TV. Zingo TV has added 12-Ounce Sports to their long list of channels, and now if you're on a smart TV, just download the app and flip to channel 761 to catch all of our live 12-Ounce Sports programming. You can do that on Roku, too. Um, all you got to do is download Zingo TV and use a promo code 120Z when signing up. And it's that simple. It's free, and uh, you won't miss a thing. Sorry. And we are Flieger and Briggs. I am the Mr. Handsome, Wonderful, Friendly, and then there's you. Wait, wait. So you've just uh, – wait a minute. So that's how – hey, look at that. We are on Zingo. I'll be daggone, Rick. I didn't think it would actually happen. Well, of course we are. We, we can, now well, we you can, think I lie? Well, yes. Oh. <laughs> yes, I would. So, first of all, for the first time in, what, three months, Rick yes. is back in studio yes. wearing and, sunglasses and, I, and declaring himself – what was it again, Mr. Congeniality? What, is, what's this nonsense you just said? You know, look, <laughs> not, not, not nonsense – this is just, I am a new person. Th- that's not true. I am glad true. to see you. That's a lie. I, I have a tremendous weight lifted for me. I am like, I, you've probably never seen it, but 99% of the people out there have seen the movie Tombstone. Yeah, I haven't seen where, it. Where the, the character, Cur- Curly Bill Brocious, who was excellently played by pa- the late Powers Booth, comes out of the opium den and he goes... I feel capital. That's how I feel. What, why? I, why? Where, where is be, this coming just from? Just because there's kindness in the world. <laughs> and it, it has lifted a burden from me. All right. I want everybody to know, for 40 minutes prior to going live on air, Rick has grumbled. <laughs> no, I haven't. Cursed at, complained about. And just generally mistreated me. And now the mics go hot, and all of a sudden he's miscongeniality. I, I, I don't, this is nonsense. I know you're excited to be back, but let's put it back, put it in your pants, huh? Keep it in your pants. I'm just saying. Keep it in your pants. I'm just so. saying. Thank you. All right. Well, that was a good read at the beginning, but don't forget you can also follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter if you want to be part of the show. It's just sports123 at gmail.com, and you can find all the show archives over at AsylumFantasyFootball.com. So, Rick, lots to get into. I'm done talking about will they, won't they come back with sports in this stupid pandemic. We will talk about baseball a little bit. We're going to have a little fun today. And we were look well. I'll introduce it later on, but we're going to talk about some some weird, some strange, the unwritten rules of certain sports and how we feel about them. But Rick, I think we would be remiss. It looks like Major League Baseball is actually back. I'll still believe it when I see men on the field throwing a baseball. Looks like a sixty game season, uh, forty game. This is interesting. I, I kind of this is odd. Forty games versus your division. 20 versus the opposite league in your geographic division. So the NL East will play the AL East, and that's your 60 games. They don't play anybody else. And 28 playoff teams. <laughs> no, no, they, they stuck with the original. They didn't add any, Good. so it's back down glad. to, back down to the, the 10 previously. Universal DH, the extra innings, the, they'll start the 10th inning, and each extra inning they start with a runner at second base. Here's my favorite. Pitchers are no longer allowed to lick their fingers, but may carry a damp rag in their pocket if they'd like. Explain that one to me. And a three-batter minimum for all pitchers. So, What Rick, if he grabs, like, his handkerchief by mistake? He has I, allergies and a, uh, a damp rag. You know, I, just stupidity. That, that part's stupidity. Do you, you happy at all baseball's back? Does it matter to you one bit? No, it really does not. And I... You know, I hate saying that, but it just really doesn't matter. After all this back and forth, this petty bickering, and it's the owner's fault. It's the players not giving an inch. It's the greedy owners. It's the players not giving an inch. It's the greedy owners. Right. And finally, they have something, and it, I don't really care. 
Yeah. I really don't. Now we have to go through spring training again, and now we have to go through – I don't think they'll be doing any Grapefruit League games or any of that thing that I know no, of. I, I, no. But it's it's going to start, what, July 23rd or 24th? Yeah, right at the end. They'll be in camp next week officially. Right. And then, yeah, start. Uh, so the, they'll have – where they had an opportunity to have six weeks where they were the only game in town. Now they'll have about a week before the NBA gets started up, presumably. And I still haven't seen a date of when the NHL is going to start playing I have no games. idea. Well, I mean, the thing is, there's so much – to deal with in hockey, well, I guess actually you do in baseball and basketball too because you still have Toronto to deal with, right. but the yeah. Canadian cities yeah, and crossing the border in yeah. the NHL is much more prevalent. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. It's been eerily silent in the yeah. NHL. It's been They've been doing the team workouts. I see updates locally you know, for, for the Penguins, but, but nothing – so, look, I want to get on the microphone and puff my chest out and say, you know, I'm disgusted by the way the owners and the, and the Players Association acted. And I'm not going to watch this. That'd be, that's a lie. I, I'm going to watch it, Rick. I, I don't know that I'm excited for it. I think basically what this is, though, is a, this is a novelty, right? This isn't a baseball season. 60 games is not a baseball season. I, you see guys go in 60-game slumps, you know what I mean? But it, it, it is intriguing. And and I want to get on here and I want to complain about the DH. I certainly want to complain about this stupid starting a runner at second base in extra innings, the three batter. I want to complain about all that, but this is just an oddity. This is just for this year. It, I guess it always is, but this year... But what year, is the point of it? It's just a TV show. That, that's what it is, Rick. It's it's just a TV, and for that, I'm my, okay with my it. My point is, okay, they shorten the season. Fine, I get it. Right. But why do we have to change the rules? Right. I mean, it, it's totally ludicrous. It's Bush League, and they're I, just trying to – That's the point, to, though, isn't it? Yeah, I it's, guess. It's kind of things they've probably been kicking around. They do this runner at second in the minors now. They've been kicking this three-batter minimum around. They've wanted the DH in the NL forever. If you're ever going to try it and gauge people's reaction, now's the time to do it, right? I mean, it's the perfect time. So it's going to be an oddity. There's going to be a World Series champion. It's going to be meaningless. It's going to be nothing. But I think it's going to be interesting. A 60-game sprint – you know, somebody who should be really good is going to start off slow and miss the postseason, and some pathetic team is going to get in just because of that. That's the nature of baseball in that 60-game season. So I, I want to get on my high horse. I want to be offended by all of it. It's intriguing. I'll be real into it for a week or two. I'll fall all the way off, and then when the postseason you starts, you have to care soon, to be offended. Yeah, I know you're you're still butt hurt over 1994. I get it. No, uh, it's not that. But, nine, yeah, 94. But I think that's the whole issue. I I don't think it's just me. I think a lot of people, other than the real hardcore baseball fans, I don't think there's a lot of people that are really just oh, just frothing at the mouth for this season to get started. Yeah. I mean, I I think. Football training camp is more anticipated than the start of the 60-game season in baseball. It, it may be, but if if that's it, right, or that in the NBA postseason, uh, it, it'll get some run. I'll pay attention to it. I won't lie and say I won't. But but that, the NBA's plan, the NHL's plan, whatever football's going to do, I honestly, right, I'm not going to believe any of it until I see somebody in uniform on a field. This thing keeps changing. Now, apparently, in, in watching the news, I took a break from it. I flipped it on a little bit this week. Apparently, we're all going to die again. I wasn't aware of that, so it's worse now and than ever. wildfire on inside beer it'll yeah. melt the glaciers so yeah, why worry so, about it so whatever so uh rick Dak prescott signs his franchise tender good news i guess for the cowboys and for Dak prescott unless you want to feel bad for him for making 31 million dollars cowboys have cap trouble can't seem to they still have till the middle of july to get a deal done doesn't look like that's going to happen who the only probably interesting thing to talk about with this we won't spend but a minute or two on it who has the leverage in this deal do you think um i think now especially it depends on the type of season the cowboys and especially dak prescott have right he gets hurt yeah, a la Tony Romo, that one year with a broken collarbone, God forbid, or the the Cowboys are six and ten or seven and nine again. Then they start thinking about maybe this isn't the guy we want to move forward with. 
or whatever. But he has a, a year like last year. He'll be fine. I mean, because he was a good quarterback last year. You know, it's an interesting situation. And, and I grant you, by and large, this is how NFL quarterback contracts work, right? Whoever the next one is always the highest one. And that seems to be where Dak Prescott is. So he's got the strength in that in that arena where he is a franchise quarterback. He is a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL and the Cowboys or any team would be reticent to let a guy like that go. Sure. But what I think, what I think and what I think the Cowboys aren't saying, but they believe in something I believe, and I don't know how you feel. He's not a top 10 quarterback in this league. He may be a top five, maybe 12 to 15, somewhere in there. I mean, there's plenty of guys ahead of him in that regard. So I just think when you're in cap trouble, he, he's not the the transformative type of guy that even like a Zeke Elliott was, like an Amari Cooper was. Look, he's going to be really hard to, to replace any starting quarterback is in this league. I don't know that I would tie up something long-term at, at top-end money for Dak Prescott. I haven't seen it yet, Rick. I just um, – um, I don't know. I just wonder if he hit the open market. I think he's worth more to the Cowboys than he'd be worth on the open market. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We could play our famous little game from especially back in, oh, let's do uh, you it. know, the fantasy days. Okay, not fact or fiction. But – in which CBS stole from us, of course. Yeah, of course. But, but would you take – and we'll, we'll, we'll just forego the fantasy part of it. You you are a GM. You're yeah. a head coach. Okay? Starting my starting and you're my gonna, franchise. You're, gonna, you're starting a team, and I'm going to say, okay, Rick, I'm going to let you pick a quarterback. Okay. Do you want Dak Prescott? You want Carson Wentz? Wentz. Really? Not even close to me. It, it's not even a question to me. Now, obviously, I worry about Wentz's health, but in terms of I'm going to throw that aside in terms of talent as a quarterback, it's Carson Wentz. It's just not even that close to me. Kirk Cousins. Uh, boy, that, that, that's kind of the, the line there. I, I think they're the same guy. And Cousins got the big money. So, well, yeah, that that's, might what, that's in the face one of thing I was going to here. say. But yeah. um, let's see. Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's led his team to a Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls has Dak Prescott played in? True, but, I mean, I, I think you also have to look at the team itself. I mean, okay, we're talking about a guy that threw for 4,902 yards last year, 30 touchdowns, and he had 11 picks. I'll give him that. But he had added another three rushing touchdowns. I, um. Okay, let's see. You know, Mahomes, Rodgers, okay. How about uh, Kyler Murray? It'd have to be Prescott now, but I Josh think Josh Allen. Prescott. See, now, th these are all guys that – these are all guys that um, Prescott just blew away last year right. stat-wise. And you say, well, okay, he didn't. They didn't make the Super Bowl or whatever. Well, that's fine. Jared Goff, he made a Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you want Prescott over Goff? Probably not. No. Carr. Well, certainly not Carr. Well, I'm just I'm trying to just go down the list. You get you get past there. I mean, there's just nothing to talk about. You have your Breeze. I mean, I take him over Brady now, obviously, because Brady's a hundred years old. Prob yeah. Um. Yeah. You have Rodgers, Mahomes. Um, Jackson, would you take uh, Lamar over him? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, and Russell Wilson, of course. Right. And then your Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Yes. 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 Okay. And, okay. And you said Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, we've, we basically hit that wall where you're not taking him over anybody else. Right. Or I mean, or we're so in twelve to fifteen, right? That's kind of where we're at at this point. So that's sort of my point. Look, you know who I equate him to, quite honestly, and it's easy. And well, it's you said Kirk Cousins. Well, that's one, but it's easy and it's lazy. But he's Tony Romo. It's sure. on that same team, right? right? He puts up good numbers, big time flashes, but they don't win a, enough football games. They don't. 
you don't look at him and think that's the guy who's going to put my franchise on his shoulders and run us to the top. That's where I, I don't know. Look, first of all, and this is where it's going to start. Like going back to my original point, it depends a lot this year. Right. Yeah, you're getting the big money this year, but now you have to show us what you got. No, and I think what happens, look, you, you got a couple of things at play here, right? The Cowboys have cap trouble. He was a what was Prescott a fourth round pick, so he's costing them, you know, prior to this nothing, right? Right. And so they got in deep with Cooper. They got in deep with. Uh, with Zeke Elliott, they got all these big contracts. That's when a team's good when these guys are young and on their rookie deals, especially on a fourth round rookie deal. You know, this is a really big deal. What I think they do, and what I think they should do, is exactly what Washington, as much as we bash them for it, exactly what Washington did with Kirk Cousins. Franchise him this year. If he has another good year, do it again. Then let him go. Now you start looking in the draft that this is what Jerry decides he's going to do. I'm just not sold yet that Dak Prescott is a lock-em-down, forget-about-it, ton of long-term, upfront, guaranteed money type of guy. I I'm not really either, Rick, but judging by his stats last year with that team and they decided to gamble one year of the franchise, I think he is up for huge money if he has another good year yeah, this well, year. Certainly, Simple as certainly. that. Yeah, he gets that Kirk Cousins when deal did they go? Else. When does the players' union insist that rookie deals, at least in the first two rounds at least, are cut back to, say, three years instead of this five-year stuff? It's got to be on the table. It's right? got to be on I the mean, table. Here's the problem they have, though, right? I, I heard somebody talking about this back in the last labor negotiations. The problem is the guys voting on it are the guys already in the league. Yeah, Aaron so, Rodgers doesn't care. So, all right, if exactly. i got to give a little, I'm going to give a little for them guys that aren't here yet. Give me mine now. We'll let them. So, but yeah. I, I think that does come, and it should happen. So, I don't know. The last thing, Rick, before we get into our unwritten rules of sports, I just I don't know why I'm compelled to bring it up. Apparently, Mike Silver reports that the Ravens and Seahawks are having at least internal discussions and showing interest in Antonio Brown. Crazy or crazy like a fox? Somebody I I don't know. I mean, well, okay, number one, he still has charges pending, so this still has to go away right, before yeah. he's even going to be eligible to play. So, yeah, they're dipping it in the soup here, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, crazy like a fox, maybe. But it could be a good addition if you happen to be having a pretty good year. Maybe you have an injury or it's getting towards the end of the year. You're pushing for the playoffs and he becomes eligible. Yeah. We know how that could work out. Look, if he's eligible and it's a stable franchise, and those are two of the best, right? Probably the only one I would put, you know, ahead of these two, or at least in line with them, is the team he left originally. So that doesn't work. But when you're looking at the Ravens and Seahawks, those are two well-run organizations. If he was eligible, first of all, I think 10 teams are going to be interested in him if the money's right. right. And why wouldn't you, right? Every coach, every GM likes to talk about, you know, the locker room and the team atmosphere. No, no, one thing wins overall, and it's talent. Yep. This guy still has it. He'll convince somebody his head's right. And if he would be eligible and you're getting him on what I assume would be a veteran minimum, <laughs> in a heartbeat. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I bring him back, quite honestly. And I think m most teams would feel that. Way. Of course they would. All right, Rick. Well, let's get into it. Enough of God. I can't wait till there's games on to talk about game. The NFL better happen, and we could just recap and preview the NFL for 17 weeks, which is all I, I really want to do now. But unwritten rules in sports, or weird customs, or, or whatever you want to call them. Let me tell you how this came up, Rick. And I guess this will be my first one. Okay. For the first time in oh. A long time. I played a little golf last week, Rick. That would have been fun to watch. It's not good. It's not pretty. So, so um, we're on the green, you know, 18 strokes later, whatever it took me to get there. <laughs> on a par three, were you? <laughs> well, certainly, yeah. Yeah, it had a pretty good hole, actually. It wasn't that bad. So... <laughs> So I'm in there, and you know I'm, you know, probably on my fourth or fifth putt. I got that thing up there within five or six feet, and so I'm going up the market, and the guy I'm playing with, he's you know 15, 20 feet back, 
So I start doing that tap dance where I'm trying not to step in his line. And I don't know where to stand. He's too far away. The green's going like this because I'm playing on this junky muni. And it got me to thinking, this is stupid. He's 20 feet away. I don't weigh 900 pounds. I'm not wearing metal blue Brock cleats. What in the hell does it matter where I step? (laughs) You're not playing for the green jacket either. (laughs) This is ridiculous, and this is absurd. This is dumb. So I just tap danced all through his line and threw him up two middle fingers and said, I I don't care about this anymore. (laughs) But then that just got me thinking. He talked about baseball, and that's probably what we'll spend most of our time. They've got all these unwritten rules and all these weird customs and so it just got me to thinking i thought in absence of real sports these are the kind of things we'll talk about so rick your golf guy number one so for we get into him in earnest this in the stepping in a putting line where, where does rick briggs golf course superintendent guy rick briggs stand i stand away from their line of putting that's what i do I don't step in a guy's line. Well, nobody does, but why? Because, well, especially, of course, now it's not quite as prevalent because you have the the soft spikes. Right. Back in the, before the soft spikes come out, you had the little metal spikes. It it goes into the ground, kind of like a T when you stick it in. I mean, it makes a little hole in in a depression. And... You have them like that. I mean, it it wavers the ball somewhat, and as we all know, you've burned plenty of edges of cups trying to make a putt. Right. It doesn't take a lot for it not to go in. That is just common courtesy, and it actually meant something, especially with the metal spikes. You know, with my infirmaries here with my ankle, I do not play golf any longer, so I don't really know what the even what the shoes look like anymore. You know, with the soft spikes. I know right. they're little round things. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess if you're playing with a fat slob and he bends over and he loses about, uh, you know, and his, his shoe turns, yeah, it's certainly going to mess up the line. So, I mean, it. But even with the. It's just common courtesy. You don't do it. Even with the metal spike. How long would it take for that hole to fill in or that depression? Because there's people, even in the oh. tour, just rolling through time after time, and you get within 10 feet of the hole, the whole circle. By that logic, it should be caved in. It should be concave at that Not point. at the hole. People, I'm not, we're not talking about stepping at the hole. Obviously, if you played in any golf tournaments, the greens are much better to putt on if you're one of the first guys off in the mornings is if you finished up at four thirty five o'clock at night and there's 120 people have played that hole ahead of you. I mean, the greens do not putt nearly as good. There's nobody coming out rolling them. There's nobody coming out right. fixing any spike marks or any of that thing, like anything on the green. Right. So, yes, it does impact. And if you're playing $50 skins, you certainly shouldn't do it. If you're putting for a 42 like you are on yeah. one hole, it doesn't right. matter. Well, and then, then it's just common courtesy. 99.998 of the people in percent of the people in the world golfing stink. I could dig a hole in your line, six feet by four feet, and you'd still miss the damn thing. So, so oh, you're saying I can't putt? I didn't say you could. I don't know what percentage you fall in. Yeah, I assume you were now good being I'm, your I'm, previous life. Now you you hurt yourself walking to the first tee, so I don't think it's a concern. <laughs> so that's just what that's what started all this. And then we could just kind of go back and forth, Rick. No semblance of order. Go ahead. But give me one, something that you either love or you this, hate. This is care. something that has developed over the last few years. And it's stupid celebrations for making a play in football. I get all the excitement of the game and somebody catches a big touchdown pass or something. I I get all that. What really gets me is, say, Rick Flager's going out for a pass and Aaron Rodgers makes a perfect pass to Rick Flager. It bounces off Rick Flager's butterfingers and goes into some schlep, just happens to be in the right spot. He falls down with the ball. Now, he gets up, 
runs the whole way to the end zone with the other 10 guys following him to some choreographed Broadway show while they pose for the camera or they're pretending like they're digging a hole and burying something. It's ludicrous. The games are too damn long as it is, and it is an utter waste of time. And you know what? I'm going to be the first to use our new one. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. By and large, I don't mind the celebrations. You you think back to the the Joe Horn, the cell phone thing, the the ter- Terrell Owens when it was at least right. Felt I get spontaneous. that. It Even was Billy some- White Shoes Johnson, Icky Woods. I get that. But this whole thing, the whole team has to run. To- How <laughs> this slob over here didn't do anything. This guy caught the pass, (laughs) not him. It's ridiculous. That's kind of a new one the last year or two. Yeah, that one I don't care for. For the most part, I I don't mind. You know what? Even if I did mind, I don't like the penalties for it. I don't like the penalties either. The people crawling and lifting your leg like a dog peeing. I don't need all all that nonsense. But for whatever reason, the league's decided millennials need this (laughs) to enjoy the football game. The only one that really bothers me, I don't. I'm not crazy about the the team photo every time you get a turn, but whatever. I can live with that. The one, the only time I get irritated where I actually yell at the TV like an old man is when a safety makes a tackle 35 yards downfield and he gets up pounding his chin. Now that, all right, you know, Mike Mitchell was uh, guaranteed to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get beat, you catch him from behind, and you get up and start thumping your chest. That's uh, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that one. So. Oh, where do we want to go, Rick? I, I don't want to get into baseball because that'll take up the last of the show. You know, let's go back to golf. I had one more on golf. I have one, too, and I'll follow it up All with right. it. And Okay. This, this is something else I was thinking about, and I'm thinking about this. I've thought about this a lot even watching it on tour. You know, this kind of applies to tennis as well. Okay. Why is it that Ben Roethlisberger – or Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes, or Roger Clemens, or Bryce Harper, or all LeBron James, all these guys can stand up and do their job with 25, 30, 75, 100,000 people screaming and pounding pounding on the chair in front of them and stomping their feet and squealing and going crazy. But when Tiger Woods stands over a golf ball, the very thought of a camera click or somebody sneezing or a dog barking seven miles away renders all of these guys completely useless from the neck down and you can't swing a golf club. Why in God's name do I have to have total silence for your dumb ass to swing a golf club? Look, I get golf's a different you game. You suck, don't you, at golf? <laughs> no, I'm horrible. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Okay. But you no. can't concentrate. Your pea brain has no, no concentration why ability. Is it, why is it because concentrate you, because on what? You hit the damn thing. Exactly. Anybody, well, I'm just hit the ball. I don't want to chase that thing around there. Blah, blah, blah. Because you're not just hitting a ball. Oh, my God. You know where you wanted to. You just don't get it. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, (laughs) it is a lightning-fast game where it goes to reaction. You know, something else happens, another reaction, and so forth. And you go through the play. You have a running back that, that is going out on the flat. He has to reverse field. He's watching the field. This is split second playmaking at its finest. Don't get me wrong. And it takes concentration to stay focused on a runner or something out there. But it's not the same thing. It, it's the same thing with um, would would you just start yelling at somebody? Well, tennis, I guess, is a is a pretty good example too. Um, whereas you know, in, in tennis is a little bit different because you are reacting to a shot or a serve, right? I mean, it's not like you're standing there concentrating, okay, now I know. Well, with a serve, you have to be quiet, remember, well, in tennis. That's the, true, that's yeah. That's my point. That, that's right. where I quit. Look, 
all these pro athletes can do all these incredible things with abject chaos going on all around them. But but these prima donnas in their dress pants on the PGA Tour, somebody drops a fork in the freaking hospitality tent two holes over, and it renders them not only useless, but almost incontinent. This is ridiculous. Stand it's, over it, line it up, and hit the thing, and get over yourself. I no, hate that. And be, when I'm out playing Because with, of slobs like you that have to be getting donuts or, or cheese fries while this guy's trying to Why pot. does he have to have silence and Aaron Rodgers Why do you it? need cheese fries when he's wanting well, I, like, I like cheese fries. Those are good. <laughs> cheese fries are delicious. I don't understand. Look, I know you don't need all the, the craziness and it's a different game, but come on. You are just not that important. Stand over it. Hit the ball. Hit the ball. Shut okay. up and hit the ball. You you have bashed golf twice, and, and fairly legitimately. And I like so. golf too. Now I'm going. I'm going to come to with a, a tradition. Just I think is my only positive one. Oh, okay. And you know that I am positive today. I <laughs> feel I don't just like, capital. I don't like it. It's the whole tradition of the Masters. Okay. I like that. I like the par three tournament. Yeah, you know I like the the. The the traditional opening shots, you know, it used to be Palmer player Nicholas. Now Arnold Palmer's gone. Right. It's just it's player Nicholas. I like the presentation of the green jacket. I like just watching it, watching them play on that golf course, especially around Amen Corner. I I just love the whole tradition of the Masters from Monday through Sunday. I just don't think it gets any better. We've talked about the U.S. Open, how some of these courses just oh, get man. totally ridiculous. Right. How the PGA, especially till they moved it back till June, was usually in the middle of August, and every golf course they played was frying like an egg on, on a griddle. The British I like, but it's not ours. Right. You know, the Masters is ours, and – yeah, I, I just like that whole tradition. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have something like that. And, and there's something about everybody's always coming after it for something, right, because of where it's at and politics and everything. They're coming after it now because of the name The Masters. Apparently that's a problem. I just heard that yesterday, I think. So, yeah. It, 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 well, you know, if you want to be a master at golf, well, that's, get good at it and win the tournament. That's not how it's being interpreted. And interpretation well, is more important than Because you're interpreting it. Totally wrong. Well, that doesn't matter. Bob Jones created the Masters because it was an invitational to the Masters of Golf. It had nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry if you're offended, but that's ridiculous. Stop mansplaining, you racist. I got two of them in there. I, I should get on Twitter right away. <laughs> All right, Rick. Let, let's get into. Uh, I'll tell you what. One of an overall one. And this is what I'm always curious about. And it comes up from time to time on this show and everywhere. In general, any sport, you probably basketball and football, you see it most frequently. Running up the score. Bad sportsmanship. If you want them to stop, stop them. Where are you at on running up the score? Um, actually, I could care less. In college, if you don't run up the score – your ranking doesn't go up. Right. In pros, you're getting paid millions of dollars. You don't want to get beat 70 to nothing? Don't get beat 70 to nothing. And, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick is always criticized for that. And a lot of the college coaches beating up a Akron or pick a, a small school and they murder them. That's just the way it is. If they went into Akron – and we're up 30 to nothing. I'm talking, say, like an Ohio State or a Michigan, you know, pick somebody that's going to be a top five or ten team, and they pull their starters and start playing the backups, and all of a sudden they win 42-21. Well, they didn't beat Akron very good. We're certainly not moving them up. Right. Well, they've yeah. got to blow these teams yeah. out. Simple yeah. as that. And in the pros – too bad. You're getting paid for it. You don't like it? Stop them. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think when you're talking youth sports, probably even up through high school, fine. You sure, know, that's you, why they you, created mercy rules yeah, for little leagues and yeah, so forth. You, you don't want to humiliate anybody. When you, once you get to the college or the pros, and 
what I don't like is the hand rigging the media does. ESPN will lose their mind. All the the local and when when the losing coach complains about it, I I just want to bash my head off the door. You know, the pros specifically, how many contracts across how many sports are incentive laden? And because my team gets up on yours on by 30 and I got to come out of the game and maybe I miss this incentive by what I could have accomplished at that point. That's nonsense. When you're a professional, like you, it, it sounds old manish. It sounds, uh, Get off my lawn. but stop them. Just right. stop them. You know, I, I don't even like the idea of pulling starters out. Now, now I tried no. to do it at the youth level. I've got my, I, I remember one game coaching junior high level basketball I could tell in pregame warm-ups we should wreck this team, right? And three quarters of the way through the first quarter, I'm up 20. And now you got that pressure on you, right? Especially as a youth coach. So I sit everybody down. I look up six minutes later, I'm up four. <laughs> yeah. Having to take a timeout. So you got to be careful with sure it, you too. Do. It's a delicate balance. But in the pros in the college, I say you go all out all the time. I don't buy into the idea of giving that team, you know, fuel for the next time you play them and it's going to negatively affect you that way. No, it's not. Again, these are professionals. And when I talk about college sports, in my mind, these are professionals too. I say keep doing it, keep running it up, embarrass somebody. And if you're on the losing end of that thing, have some pride and do something about it. Right. Don't go crying to the local fat beat reporter telling him that this is an embarrassment to the game. I, I can't stand it. I agree. All right, well, I'll tell you what, before I get to the next one, i got to tell you guys about mybookie.ag. You know, sports are coming back, believe it or not. And if you want to get into the action, mybookie.ag is the place to be. They're going to match your deposit up to 1000 bucks when you use promo, co- promo code 12Sports. That's 120ZSports when signing up. And uh, you don't want to miss your chance to cash the ticket during the NHL and NBA playoffs from helping your friends at 12 Ounce Sports. Use promo code 12OUNTSPORTS when signing up on mybookie.ag. Straight cash. Yeah, man. Okay, I'm going to go to a tradition. Octopi on the ice. Yeah, I admit we haven't seen and probably won't see any playoff games in Detroit for some time. No, it's going to be a little while. However, you need to win a lot more than eight games to win a cup anymore, fellas. And, you know, you need to win 16 just in a, in a regular format. And so I suggest that you move to something else to throw in the ice. And I started thinking, well, what could they throw on the ice, Rick? I mean, you know, you could throw two octopi, which would be 16 games, but now that gets a little expensive, and plus you don't know if just Joe Schmo brought one and somebody's got to try to make it look like two. You know, things can get really confusing. So I come up with a brilliant idea. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. I suggest that they collect honeysuckle minor larvae and throw them on the ice because every honeysuckle larvae, minor larvae, has 16 legs. What the hell is a honeysuckle So you chuck them little larvae. caterpillars right on the ice, 16 legs. You're going to throw caterpillars on the ice? Why not? You throw octopus, who cares? How far could a caterpillar possibly fly? Well, you just you can tie a little you, sinker to them. Well, now, now we're throwing <laughs> sinkers on the ice. I, 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 just, I really think it's a, it's a tradition that needs to end because, number one, Detroit's not going to win a cup for the next 20 years. Number two, you have to win at least 16 games in, in a regular format, not even counting this year, and they just need some other type of creature. Yeah, but I don't know about this honey whatever. The honeysuckle minor larvae. I, I think that it's going to catch on. i got, I got to write that down. Honey. They started suckle. throwing rats down in Florida. Why can't they throw honeysuckle minor larvae? 16 oh. legs each. Oh, yeah, that, that's what we need. So let's stick with hockey, Rick. More of the, I knew you'd stick with hockey once I'm, I brought it I'm up. I'm going to get to the unwritten rules more so than the tradition. So... I don't know the hell. This might even be written down somewhere. But if I have one big problem with the NHL, two problems, you know, and I'll I'll roll them into one. 
it's number one, the two totally different rule books that exist between the regular season and the playoffs. And the, the need for all season long, including in the playoffs, for referees feeling like they have to keep penalties even. So, you know, you're, you get dragged down three straight times. They could then decapitate you on the four shift. That penalty's not coming. You're going to the box. That's one I never understood, and it drives me absolutely insane. I, I agree. I mean, I would like to get Barry Melrose's take on that, but he couldn't come in tonight. So uh, he, <laughs> He's busy. He's in the bubble wherever they're building the yeah. bubble. You know, it would be nice. That would be something that I would like to explore with Bernie Nichols. We yeah, get him back on the show. Us. Actually, today's his birthday, so, you know, we can uh, wish Bernie a happy birthday. But uh, he hadn't been on for about a year or so. Well, I guess because of the hockey and everything, yeah. we didn't get him on for this season like we normally do. Right. But I, I don't know. It, I agree with you. It's terribly inconsistent. Or shall I say it's terribly consistent. Yeah, consistently right. bad. And I, I honestly feel this way, Rick. Now, I might be overstating how many people would even be aware of this. But I think everybody kind of feels like the NHL's kind of the lowest of the major sports. And I think it's kind of things like that, right? You know what I mean? If you think about it, if you just picked up, if you were a Fairweather Capitals fan who – and there was a lot of those in Washington or a Fairweather Predators fan when they got to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple years ago. And you watch what goes on in hockey and the whistles are put away and they let them play and everything looks good. And then you turn into a few, tune into a few regular season games. It's not even a saying. No, the intensity should always be more in the playoff. But the way these things are officiated and the amount of power plays and the things, I think this hurts your product. Do they do that, do you think, Rick? For statistical value, do you think it's that conscious? That's that's what I don't know. I I can't understand why no other sport does it. You know, in the NBA, I mean, everybody the analytics are well. You know, well, you know, Edmonton has a, a ten point power play percentage success rate better on weekends than they do well, on Thursdays. Yeah. I mean, you know. But, I mean, it's the officials who are making these determinations. I don't – are we saying there's an edict comes down from the league, says, all right, boys, the playoffs are here. Let's settle down with the whistles a little. Yeah, very well could be. I Maybe. mean, there's they there's an edict in the NBA that LeBron needs to shoot so many foul shots. Right. And apparently that he can take at least four or five steps per layup. So. That's always been the NBA, right? I right. hate that about the NBA. I guess it's it's a similar thing. It too. is. I, I think it is. I mean, I wasn't trying to just bash the NBA, but I think, yeah, th there is certain things. And, you know, re until recently where, you know, baseball's to totally gotten out of hand with, like, a blowback pitch. Right. You know, you used to have that until all of a sudden the one got a little too close or it was like the, the second or third one by the same pitcher. Now, okay, now I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. But, but until then, it was okay to brush a guy back, yeah. give, a, give a warning. But I think – I think it's in sports. Probably every sport you could find some sort of category where it is totally different in the regular season than it is in the playoffs. Probably, yeah. I, I mean, another thing that annoys me about the NHL specifically, kind of in this vein, is if I was an NHL player who got punched in the face three times standing in front of the net without ever fighting back, and I have to go to the penalty box too because they decided to right. call a penalty on you. That one I never understood. So I'm standing in front of the net, whistle blows, you pull my jersey over my head and punch me in the groin six times. <laughs> One of my teammates, now everybody comes together and scrums, and they put you in the box, and I go for an equal amount of time for right. the infraction of getting punched in the groin six times. I think I would tear the building down. I never <laughs> understood that. It's like they don't want to send one guy off. It, it, yeah. I get it. They want the scrums. That's part of the game. But that, 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 that is maddening to me. Make something up on somebody else in the scrum, not me laying down there you, readjusting my cup on the ice. Yeah. Why couldn't they have, if, if they're going to have a penalty for fighting, maybe a four-minute double minor for one of the guys fighting, but the guy that instigated the fight gets the five-minute major. Yeah, yeah. Give them a little bit of a, a leeway instead of, 
well, you know, we had a fight, so both of you are gone. Yeah. Even though I stuck you in the face with my stick <laughs> while you were just standing there. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Infuriating. Okay. I'll tell you what. This isn't really sports, and it, it just kind of gets to me because, well, you know what? I'm just going to pass by unless we're running out of time. Okay. The first rule of pitching. I'll go to baseball. Yeah, it's time. It's time. The first rule of pitching a no-hitter is that you do not talk about pitching a no-hitter. The second rule of baseball is that you don't talk about pitching a no-hitter. Well, I think both those rules need to be thrown out, and I'll tell you why. Oh, come on. Because because you know yourself, there's a lot of fans that think you start talking about a no-hitter. It's done. I'm one of them. Right? I'm one of them. Well, and I agree with you. But here's why. And hear me out before you start throwing me off my, your lawn. What <laughs> or killing me. Before he started talking, <laughs> I just wanted to take a shot at you. Uh, apparently, the word no hitter is something that, you know, like we just said, it, it's superstitious. You don't talk about it, right? Right. I think it's hooey. I think the rules should be gone, and I'll tell you why. There is not a pitcher alive that's going to pitch nine innings in Major League Baseball anymore because the manager has to yank him out in the sixth damn inning because he's too damn tired. All right? All right. We can talk all about right. no-hitters all day long because I guarantee you You're right. he can have 26 straight outs, be ahead one to nothing with 25 strikeouts, and they're going to pull him because he's tired. He's not going to be worth a damn the next game after four or five games rest. Oh, you're, you're, I'll give you that one. It, it does happen once every, once or twice a year, but but you're right. Yeah, I, I am tired of seeing the four-man no-hitter, which has become the <laughs> become the new norm in baseball. You, you surprised me with that one. I didn't think that's where you were going. I, I have nothing. You, you got me. It's that's, well done. Well done. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But, yes, Thank you, you still should not mention it, and that includes the broadcasters. But you can. That it doesn't matter because he's well, gone. I understand, but let's pretend. <laughs> let's pretend. All the fans on Twitter, and don't start Why? The... Then that's just fantasy baseball. You don't yeah. want to watch fantasy baseball. <laughs> he's not going to stay in. This guy isn't Nolan Ryan. He's not Steve Carlton. He's not going to stay in the game. <laughs> All right, I'll just uh, I'll leave it be. You're you're right. All right, so when we're talking about baseball, kind of the big things: the bat flipping, the watching your home run go out, the slow trot. We all know, next guy up or next time you come up, you're getting hit in the ear flap, and then we're gonna do that fake everybody hug each other fight thing a few <laughs> innings later. Baseball, I think, is making a concerted effort to make that stuff okay, but the old guard players still don't want it in the game. Where is old man Rick Briggs on on this situation? Well, I want to know where you are. This is your pet peeve. I want to know what you're talking about. You know what? Here's, Here's the deal, and this is a nuanced response for me, which is often happens with a man of my intellect. Personally, as I watch a game. Which means you were in the bathroom for over five minutes. That's how you kind of come up with this thought. As I watch a game, I don't care if a guy flips a bat. I don't care if he stares down a home run, does cartwheels down to first base. Really, I I honestly don't care. I, I really don't. I think it's the way the world's going we talk about in football you see it everywhere right this is just the way the back when i played i mean we're talking when i'm in 16 17 years old the last time i played competitive baseball if i gave up a home run and you did all that i would hit you in the ear i don't know that if i do that now but i don't know if that's just because i'm too old to fight now and know i'm gonna get my ass kicked or i just don't care i care less that that i don't know so, but here's the thing. Here's why I think I'm still okay with it. I like the idea, and it happens mostly in baseball, and it happens in the NHL. I do like it that in these sports, there is still kind of a policing of itself in these sports. There are standards. The league's not going to do anything about it. 
and we're going to police it ourselves, and here's how we're going to do it. Well, now, what I don't like seeing is somebody getting hit in the ear flap, you know, hit them in the shoulder, hit them in the butt. That, that stuff I don't care about. And here's why. Here's why I like it and think it's still necessary to a degree. Maybe we need to move it a little bit, but it's still ne- – did, did you ever watch the college softball, like the Women's College World Series? Oh, yeah, yeah. I find this endlessly fascinating. It, it is such so impressive, that game. You figure these are big league quality athletes and ball players playing in this miniaturized version in the pitcher's 45 feet away or something, releasing the ball below their knee, and it's coming in the equivalent of 120 miles an hour. So the fact that anybody can put a bat on the ball is so impressive. And the person standing at third base, it looks like they're nine feet away from the batter, like they're going to get ticked in the nose by the end of the bat. These girls are so good, and the game is so interesting. But I can only watch it for so long because did you ever pay attention to all the nonsense that goes on? Everybody in the dugout's wearing a stupid hat in some stupid chant. Every time somebody gets a single, the dugout <clears throat> empties and they high-five each other. Every time a run's scored, they're, they're hugging and having a hug fest at home plate. Anytime somebody hits a home run, they're pointing at the pitcher and barking at him the whole way. There is no policing. There is no sportsmanship. And I find it absolutely maddening, the nonsense that goes on around what is a really, really interesting and and good game. And so to that degree, while all those things individually I don't mind when I watch a game where it's allowed to run wild, right, it drives me insane. So I guess I've said all of this for 20 minutes to say, yeah, I'm all right with it. Plunk them. Hit them in the head. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I mean – Look, I, I can remember back the Reggie Jackson. I can remember Reggie whacking it. And you knew it was gone because he stood there and looked at it. Right. You know what I mean? So it goes back a ways. What I don't like is the idea that they are, it's okay to flip the bat and to stare at the pitcher while you walk down the first base line like some little banny rooster, okay? And knowing that they have really come down on any type of pitcher revenge, like a brush bats pitch, you know, the next time he comes up. Right. So there's, it's a double standard. If, if you can act like an idiot, then the pitcher should be able to, too. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I think they do to a degree. You, know, you ever watch Max Scherzer on the mound? He looks like a WWE wrestler. Yeah, there's a few that that still are, but I mean, I'm talking not so much really that the the pitchers do, because they they're really starting to frown on it, and right. and, and more and more people are getting ejected for yeah. throwing towards somebody. Th- that's where that's what draws right. a line to. As far as them, yeah, cocky or that's fine. But be careful what you wish for because right. you got to come back up. Yeah. You and, know. And I guess, you know, that's the part I like about it. If I want to eliminate anything in all of this, you're right. You're 100% right. Let them keep with the, the brush back brush back pitch. I don't know why yeah. that's so damn hard it to say. It is tough, yeah. But, look, I think there should be major suspensions if you hit somebody above the shoulders, you know, in retaliation, if that can be proven. But other than that, allow those pitches. Allow somebody to plunk, you know, th- hit them in the hip on a curveball. Then it be kind of kind of becomes a, a agreement among men, right? All right, I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to flip the bat, and I'm going to thump my chest the whole way to third base. But knowing full well, when I come up again, you're throwing one a bucko two under my chin. <laughs> yeah. I trust you not to hit me with it. Uh, but I know this is coming. So what we need to eliminate is the fake, you know, musical theater dance fights we do oh, after yeah, the, that happens. The, yeah, the faux rage yeah. that the ball actually got close to me, yeah, and so, I'm going to run out. Right. You know. Well. You know. Pull, who was that? Robin Yount that charged. Was it Robin Yount yeah, that charged Nolan, Nolan Ryan? Ryan? Put him yeah. in a headlock Boom. and just, yeah. you know, yeah, old, man, old man beat his ass. For yeah. The, and it could have gone. <laughs> Look, I think if you want to fight and 
things will get going. I think it should have to be one-on-one. It should be like basketball. Anybody comes off the bench, anybody comes from anywhere else yeah, on throw the floor, you're all out of the game. Yeah. So if they want to go one-on-one, if you want to go out and you and the pitcher want to throw, of course you're going to get tossed, but that's okay. Major suspensions if you come out of the dugout. Just like in, or you can't even come off the bench in the NHL. And there's that code in the NHL when two guys want to fight, everybody, everybody else backs, backs off. off. Yeah, that's what the new tradition in baseball. Leave it all in. You flip your bat, preen, dance, do whatever you want to do. Pitcher, you want to make them pay for it, make them pay for it. But everybody needs to know. All right, if this goes down, we're going one on one. Now that I would watch. I agree. All right, last one that I have, Rick. We're running out of time anyway. Holy Can't spend cow. a lot time, a lot of time on it. But you know what? Honestly, this really isn't sports. It's sports entertainment. Ooh, okay. The tradition of WrestleMania could end today. I, you know, until they can ha- come up with some talented writers and some meaningful characters who aren't over fifty years old in the WWE. I mean, this has. Ju- I mean, it's just the same gimmick feud week after week after week and by the time wrestlemania gets here the main match is the same two guys that wrestled about 10 times in the last three months and nothing's ever resulted i mean i don't know if you're old enough i can't remember how far you remember back but i can remember the one wrestlemania hulk hogan andre the giant yeah yeah. i mean chris jericho Shawn michaels some of these you know these built up you know through interviews and you know, this, that, and the other. But they didn't wrestle yeah, until yeah. WrestleMania. Now it's just, eh, okay, now we got another bout. Yeah. And and then we'll have another pay-per-view in SummerSlam and this and that and the other. And this stuff could end today. Yeah, it's – and I guess the difference now, I, I get it. I agree with you 100%. I get it. Now they have to fill five hours of TV a week. They're kind of cannibalizing themselves with this. But you're right. In, in the younger days, it was they'd either had one or two matches that created the big, you know, come down feud, or they haven't even fought. They've just been jawing and, and you know, run-ins and things like that, and it culminates on the big match. You're right. Now they've been wrestling every week <laughs> for seven months. Yeah. And then we get to WrestleMania, and it's the big one. And the only difference between this one and the 47 other matches they've had in the last seven months is, first of all, it's 45 minutes long, and each other, each of them is kicking out of the other's finishing move no less than a dozen times. That's all it is. Yeah. The, it's all it is. You know, yeah. not waiting for anybody to run in. You know you see the finishing move. You know they're kicking out and of that it. Is and, another, and that is another, that is a great point. How many times we've talked about this, you know, I know you and I and Arlie Honda have talked about, it, you know, Jake the Snake, the DDT. When, boy? When? Yes, exactly. Are you going to get your act together? together? You said Alejandro. Exactly. And I, I, I don't, yeah, and Alejandro Finkelstein, our former producer. Um, but the, the, the figure four, the DDT, uh, you know, fin- trying to think of a couple other ones. It, they don't mean anything anymore. They put on 75 right. of these to one guy, and he kicks out every time. Yeah. So why do you even have them? Yeah, I have watched, you know, on a Monday night, if Roman Reigns hits you with that spear, you're near death. Yeah. In a pay-per-view, he can do it to you 47 times while you're eating a tuna sandwich. It, it means right. meaningless. It means nothing. And, yeah, it's... I guess it's just too much content, not enough wrestlers. I don't know what it is, but you're right. It's it's a bad product. Now. It really is. And and there's such a lack of depth and talent. I mean, there, there's some talent there, don't get me wrong, but there's no depth. If the, in the old days, you know, and I hate saying the old days. When but I, mean, I was your age. Yeah, get off my lawn. But Get off my lawn. But that's what it was. They brought in different stars from different parts of the country because there were territories. They wrestled jobbers for a couple of months. I miss jobbers. And they came in here, and they were after somebody. And I'm going to get you. Or maybe they attack them from behind somewhere on one of the programs. And you had guys like Gordon Soley and Lance Russell, these, these serious I mean, this is legitimate. These announcers, man, this this is we we've got to get some order stored here. And it was they made it look like when Ole Anderson come up and said this is going to happen, it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, because you that's they don't have that anymore. It's just the same 
superstars. Everybody's a superstar, too. You ever well, notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Bring back the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. yeah, real quick. We only got about 30 seconds, but the feud I always think about is Macho Man and Ricky the Dragon Steam. Oh, yeah. And they had one match, and Ma- Macho Man, remember, he jumped off the rope with the belt, and, or with the bell. Bell, and yeah. And took his throat out, and then nothing for six months while Ricky the Dragon yeah. Steam uh, recovered. Exactly. You know? yeah, exactly. And then it built up to that, what was probably the one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever, yes. if not the greatest. That's what they don't do. They won't leave that lull and build it up. They just they have them fighting the next yeah. week with you know exactly, and that was a great one. Steamboat and Flair was another one. Dusty Rhodes yeah. and Harley Race. They 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 had so many of them. All right, well we're we got to get out of Thanks here. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Check out Twelve Ounce Sports. And it won't be long. You will probably be watching us on Zingo as well as listening. God bless you. At Asylum Football on Twitter, at 12OZ Sports on Twitter, AsylumFantasyFootball.com, at, and 12OunceSportsNetwork.com. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.